The 2022 Audio Description Awards Gala will premiere on November 29 at 7.30 Eastern. In recent years, there has been enormous success in expanding audio description for audiences who are blind, low vision, or who have other sensory disabilities that create barriers to full inclusion in the visual media. The Audio Description Awards Gala will celebrate the best of the best. Thomas Reed with Audio Description Voice Artist Navratiti Matos Alaveras will honor outstanding achievements in audio description in media and expand awareness of its benefits. Join us for this exciting event featuring special celebrity guests and celebrating audio description on www.adawardsgala.org, Pluto TV, and ACB Media 6. Join ACB for this special event and celebrate achievements in audio description in media. The opinions expressed on the ACB Media Network are those of the content providers and should not be viewed as an endorsement of any product or service. Nor does it reflect the views of the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Welcome in. Take my hand. Say hello to who you know and who you don't and who you can. We'll give promise to your springtime and beginnings to your ends. We'll try not to be cautious. We'll be friends. Welcome in, everyone, on November 11th, which is a very special day. Because this is the day when we remember and thank all of our veterans for what they have are doing and have done to protect our country, our democracy, and ourselves. And in that spirit, mm-hmm. I would like to start by dedicating this call tonight to our veterans whether they are still with us or uh, have passed along, passed on before us. Veterans like my own personal crew, if you will, um, mm-hmm. Paul, Ray, Johnny, uh, Earl, Carl, so many more I could go on um the my favorite one of them all of course was a navy naval navigator uh jim who was my dad and if anyone else would like to add anyone else in to dedicate this program to if you raise your hand we would be glad to recognize you this evening and with that um I want to go on to, I'm just looking to see we didn't have any hands. Okay. I just didn't, I didn't want to ignore anyone. I'm sorry. Um, You got one now, Terry. We do. Pam Coffee. We do. Pam. Yes. I, I would like to dedicate this to, in memory of my father, W.R. Dick Coffee, who was briefly in the United States Navy until he got sick and had to um, 
had to leave prematurely, but um, I would like to dedicate this to his memory and several others in my extended family who served. Thank you, Pam. Absolutely. The one that the group that I completely overlooked in my list just now are all of those members of our a special interest affiliate, visually impaired veterans of America. People like Tyson, um, the one who that always comes to my mind was John Fleming, who was a really cool guy, <laughs> and uh, continued. Did something like, I forget now, some ridiculous hundreds of um, parachute jumping became his big thing even after he uh, left the military. Uh, Meryl? Yes. Uh, I would like to also, I was thinking of someone else in the ACB community before I talk about my dad, but... Um, Eugene Babke, he, he is a veteran also from Florida. Um, You're right, Eugene, yeah, yes. Yeah. Now, my father, um, may he rest in peace, he fought in World War II. Um, and on August 11th, 1944, he was wounded in France and he had shrapnel. And for the rest of his life, he still had some fragments of it in him, you know, which I, I, I don't know how he could live with, but he did. He raised a family, had a, you know, great uh, career and everything. And so I, I love him and miss him. Thank you, Terry. Thank you, Meryl. You're welcome. We all, we, we, we all have many that we miss, but we all have many that we thank that are still with us, fortunately. Jewel. Jewel, and then, um, and then, uh, veteran doc. Yeah, I wanted to throw out my thanks to the world for my father, um, who was a senior chief in the Navy 19 and a half years before his death. Um, he died when I was 16. Um, Gulf War syndrome got him. Um, he was a great man, and his military service really made a lot of difference in my life the quiet discipline and respect that he learned in the Navy. Um, he passed that on to me. So he was really my hero, my teacher. So. Thank you very much. His name, sorry, his name was Norman Dale Gaspard in the Navy. They called him Gus because they couldn't pronounce Gaspard. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. And veteran doc. Good afternoon. This is veteran doc. I am currently at the Western Blind Rehabilitation Center at the VA Medical Center in Palo Alto, getting rehab. And I would like to dedicate this day to my fellow veterans with the reminder that all veterans gave some and some gave all. Very and good I would point. also like a special uh, thanks to the members of the BVA, which is the Blinded Veterans Association, because that is uh, one of the things that adds renewed challenges 
and people are meeting them through the Veterans Administration. So thank you. Thank you, and thank you for your service. And you are welcome. Um, the phone number ending in something like 902. I think you've got some background noise. It's, could you mute it? Or I'm trying to get it, Terry. 982 it ends in. Yeah. There we go. Thank you. And I think that takes that, that takes us through everyone and um I thank you all uh for contributing your loved ones to our dedication and um while we all sit and think about those that we've uh, that we that we love and uh, have so much respect for. Um, I'm going to change the subject slightly for a minute or two. Uh, we do have one other topic tonight that is something that I think is of interest to many people on our call and would be of interest to uh, to a good number of our veterans as well and so i am going to ask anisio to tell us a little bit about something else that's coming up next week that's um i think is a pretty a really good program and uh i think everyone might be interested in or many people will be or you know somebody who would be so anisio i'm going to pass it off to you for right now Thank you, Terry. Can you can can you hear me? Okay. Yes. So um, this it's not next week. It's actually the week the week uh, after. Uh, it's it's the twenty eighth on Monday, November twenty eighth. This is the fourth Monday when the Alliance on Aging and Vision Loss holds its community call uh, at two p.m. Eastern. This month, November 28th, as I said, we are dedicating it to a discussion about the DeafBlind Equipment Distribution Program, also more commonly known as the I Can Connect Program. This is a program that is, is uh, national, and uh, it provides both training and specialized equipment for people who have significant a significant dual sensory loss both hearing and vision and um and uh, it, it's uh, it's income based however the income limits are pretty are pretty high i mean even though they say it's for low income people uh it's it's uh, it's pretty liberal uh, and we will give more information you know that day about eligibility etc uh, some of the equipment that can be obtained that way uh, through the I Can Connect program are uh, smartphones, braille displays, uh, computer. As long as the purpose for the for your use of it is for distance communication, so um, so it has to include things like texting, messaging 
email, uh, and of course, phone phone calls. Um, obviously, once you have the equipment, you know you can do with other things with it. But that's the the purpose of the Afghan Connect is for distance communication, and the training focuses only on that. Um, so. However, once you get the equipment and if you need additional training, there may be opportunities in your home communities with the local rehabilitation agency uh, through uh, the older individuals webline program. Again, this, this um, community call is usually sponsored through AAVL, the Alliance on Aging and Visual Loss. This month, we're doing it in conjunction with the Sight and Sound Impaired Committee, SASI, of ACB. So we, we're really glad to collaborate with them. So if you're interested in, in participating, the, the program, the call will be, will be available on Zoom and you'll be able to get the link through the community um, schedule, the daily schedule. Um, but it will also, will be available for those who are not able to hear, we'll, we'll, we will have what it's called CART, which is a transcription service. So someone with a braille display, for example, who's deaf blind would be able to read the, the exchange going on in the, in the Zoom room. Um, and that's, that's basically it, because I don't want to give all the information out. One, because I don't have it, and two, I want to leave it a little bit of a cliffhanger for you for so you can join us on Monday, the November 28th at two o'clock for our community call. Well, thank you very much, Inicio. I know it's a very good program. Um, I know a few people who participate in it uh, in various states around the country. And I think it uh, is incredibly it's it's an incredibly good, you know. It's very very helpful for an awful lot of people. Yeah, no, I and, agree. Uh, it's it's. Uh, I, I'm looking forward to your call on it. I'll say that for sure. Thank you. I'm I'm a little bit connected with it right now because I, you know, I when I was working in the in the rehab field before I retired, you know, in the programs that I supervised, we, we collaborated a lot with them and referred a lot of clients, provided a lot of training. So um, with that information, that knowledge, I applied to be a trainer here in Florida. So I have the, uh, the pleasure of actually working with some clients that have gotten, have gotten that equipment. That is really neat. It's, you know, sometimes the misnomer is the is the term deaf blind and people especially older people who are who are um, who are legally blind uh and have some significant hearing impairment they may be using hearing aids uh they don't think of themselves as deaf blind but again the definitions are are pretty wide so as long as you know even someone who i know for example i qualify even though you know, I, you know, I can carry a conversation both in person and Zoom, etc. But because I I have hearing aids and one of my, I have significant loss in one ear, I would qualify for the program from that point of view, from that eligibility um, standpoint. 
So right. immediately that, oh, no, that's not for me, because it may be. If you have a, both a hearing and vision deficit, you may qualify. Right. Well, thank you for letting us know about it. You're welcome. And now that I have the file up that I was looking for desperately, um, let's, uh, again, that's on the 28th. And uh, so anyone that is interested, be sure to uh, watch the community list. And I'm sure it'll be on a number of different lists. Yeah, Karen's unmuted, just co-chair of the SASC committee. I don't know if she wanted to add anything to that or not. Okay, Karen. Um, I will quickly, Terry, so as not to fully take away from your program. Um, Anisio is right. It doesn't. It doesn't matter um, if you have if if you qualify. It can help. And no, you don't have to be totally deaf and totally blind. It can be anything, anything on the continuum that would qualify you. Yeah, and I think that's very important for people to understand because I know someone um, I was talking with recently uh, had uh, had considered checking it out and had someone looking on the website, on a some website somewhere, I'm not sure where, and had the um, understanding from it that you had to be profoundly deaf. And that's when I said to her, no, that's not the case, I'm sure. No, it is not. Yeah. So I think it's good for people to, for, you know, for you folks to get that information out to people. I think that's really important. Yep. All right. Thank you very much for allowing us to make that information available, the information about the call. Well, thank you both for having the idea to have a community call on it. You know, I've done... We've done calls on the uh, ACP, the Accessible Connectivity Program, and um, the one that preceded that. And we've done a lot with the FCC in the past, but we have never actually, it never occurred to me, shamefully, um, to do the I Can Connect. And so I'm very glad that you folks are doing that. And with that, let's... Let's get back to the main focus of our day, which is our veterans. Um, some of you may have seen, I th- I know it came out on the leadership list, and I think it was on conversation. Um, Tyson Ernst, who is the president of VIVA, uh, which is the Visually Impaired Veterans of America, which is the ACB affiliate, um, put out an announcement the other day for their fundraiser. And I think it's a really cool one. And I just wanted to make sure that everyone knows about it. Um, Everything that's involved with it has the line on it. Every day is hug a veterans day. And I just think that that's really pretty cool. You know, we, um, we have, you know, bananas on peanut butter day and everything else and this there are very few things that i can think of that are more important than our veterans and i I just like the idea of every day is hug a veteran day um 
and they are doing a fundraiser and the information is available on um uh as I say, it's I know it's out on several of the lists. And I will put it on the Visibilities website this week as well uh, for anybody that would like to get a hold of it. They are selling um, Bella Canvas quality T-shirts uh, for $20. The same Bella, uh, Bella and Canvas long sleeve. <coughs> excuse me, long sleeve jersey t-shirts, I think at $25. The um, Gildan Midweight 5050 Crew Neck Sweater. I was, the Crew Neck Sweatshirts um, are $35. The Bella and Canvas Ultra Soft Pullover Hoodie for $50. And the one that I looked at the, today that I think is kind of cool, great way to wake up in the morning, is they're also doing a ceramic coffee mug that's $15. And it's basically a pretty, a, uh, it has a very dark interior. I couldn't tell if it was black or navy blue. I think it might be navy blue. But it's kind of an off-white on the outside and just has on it their this logo every day is every, uh, every day is Hug a Veterans Day. And the proceeds from the sale of all of those items are going to help fund visually impaired veterans of America. As I say, that's our ACB affiliate. And I will put the uh, contact information there. There are two different websites. One is for the shirts and a second one is for the coffee uh mug, the coffee mugs and it and if you want when you do the coffee mug one um there's also a place there if you want to make an additional donation you can do that as well um i got halfway through it today and couldn't find the place to pay but i'm sure it's there i just haven't had a chance to go back in and work on it yet um and they do recommend that you do it um it should arrive. They take about two to three weeks to arrive. So if you want something as a holiday gift, you might want to get on that this weekend while uh, all of our veterans are in our minds and hearts. Excuse me. Um, I think that there are, you know, I, I don't know if anyone, we have a hand raised, and I am going to recognize Agnes. If you want to unmute Agnes. Um, there you are. Hi. I just want to dedicate this show to uh, a very special brethren, my brother William Ferris, who died in 2018. He was in the Army from 1958 until... 1964 and he had a very positive impact on my life and you know the lives of others thank you very much we definitely will add him to our dedications and nona 
You can unmute. Nona, I know I'm going to mangle your last name, and I apologize. It's actually Nora. Fans. It's actually Nora, Terry. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm reading it wrong. Yeah. Nora. Nora, you can unmute. Yeah. Hang on. Can you hear me now? Yes, we can. Okay. I heard Nona, and it sounded like my name. <laughs> okay. I'm sorry. No, that's okay. I, anyway... I'm going to dedicate this program to my uncle, my, yeah, my great uncle, and he was in the military, but he was not fighting, but he was helping uh, the uh, people that were in, he was helping fight in some way or other to um, helping the uh, other people who were fighting. So I can't remember what he did, but he was he did a very, very good job, and uh, I think he was in the army, I think. can't remember, and I think he was, and my father was in the army too, but he never fought or anything. It was like during peacetime, but my uncle was during, doing it probably during wartime, I think. I can't remember which one, but I dedicate this to my uncle Ed. Well, thank you. Thank you. And we will definitely include him as well. Jewel, you can unmute if you'd like. Yeah, I wanted to offer a challenge that I've offered to others who have veterans in their lives. Um, because a lot of veterans, when people say thank you for your service, they don't like it because it's usually is people just saying, oh, thank you for your service and not really thinking about the person. Just, you know. So my challenge is this, when you thank a veteran for their service, not just, don't just thank them for their service to the country, but think about what they have done in your life because of their military service, because every veteran, their military service is a part of them. And so, for example, my father was in the Navy and his discipline from being in the Navy made a lot of difference in my life. One of those ways was when I was a kid, he taught me the heel toe method to get up and down the ladders in the minesweepers. And then when I became blind, I already knew that. And so I can get up and down stairs very easily because it's that quick um, because I already knew it from as, as a kid. So it's something simple as that. Um, you know, just think about how they have affected your life through their service in the military. Um, and thank them for that. I think that'll make a bigger impact on the veteran than just saying thank you for your service. I just thought I'd throw that out. I there. think you. I think you. I think you make an excellent point. You bring up something that I debated saying today, tonight, or not. And um, I had a cousin who uh, served. I think it was two terms in Vietnam. I think it was. It was mm. at least two. And he came back, and. And continued to serve in a in a somewhat different manner. Um, he came back and became a Boston police officer, mm. and ultimately was killed in the line of duty, protecting all of us. And you know that, I, and I knew someone else who was um, in like he was quite young in World War Two. And I don't think he ever got over his feeling of guilt. 
because he never did get out of uh, Florida um, because he was still in training at the end of the war. And, uh, and, and I think he was, I think that there was always a certain amount of guilt that uh, he carried around because of that. And so I think you make a very good point that, again, though, he went on also to become a policeman and um, uh, worked for the FBI and the state police and the local police and that kind mm-hmm. of thing through the years and and taught other policemen. He became an, uh, uh, an instructor and did two master's degrees and all yeah. that kind of thing. And But it was all, uh, but I think an awful lot of it went back to his service uh, history. Exactly. And but the I veterans. Think, oh, and, and I think that that's, and, and that still holds true today, I think. Um, <laughs> I know I was working with a company down uh, out of Louisiana um, back oh, about when the late, when was it, 2007 to 2010 or something like that. And most of them were, um, or several of them, I shouldn't say most, but several um, were uh, veterans from Desert Storm. And they, they, they were some of the most giving and most helpful people that I think I've encountered in my professional career. Um, they were just always interested in how can we make this work better for someone with a disability, for instance. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I think you make a you make a very good point, and I thank you for it. Um, Karen Campbell has her hand up. Karen, if you there, you okay. are. You're unmuted. I want to uh, thank my father. He he served in the army late fifties, probably in, into the early sixties. During peacetime, but his service was still important. And, Absolutely. You know, he he went on. He he was a lawyer by profession, and yes, sir, uh, served in the uh, Judge Advocate General, which is the legal part of the army. And um, yes, that service is just as important as the front line. And I think yes. because and I think because of him, I learned um, discipline and hard work. I think you make a good point. I think we did too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think we did. You know, uh, there there was a certain. I don't know, maybe maybe it was the era, I'm really not sure. Um, but there was there, there did seem to be a much stronger sense of camaraderie. You know, if we needed to um, do something in your house, um, it, it always seemed to be the buddies from, their buddies that were the ones that came over to help pour the concrete or what have you. Eugene, Eugene, I see you have your hand raised. Good evening. Good evening. How are you doing, Terry and Ray? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing pretty good on Veterans Day. 
I come from a long line of family members that uh, were in the military. My grandfather was in the Army Air Corps. That was back before they had uh, the separate divisions. And uh, he served about four years in there. My dad served 21 years in the Air Force. And uh, during the war, he was uh, injured with a grenade that uh, had scrapnel in his leg. So he spent about three months in the hospital over in England. And uh, he retired. And uh, my brother, he did two tours in Vietnam. I got a first cousin that did several tours in Vietnam. And he, between the time he retired and he went reserve, he ended up with 30 years in the Air Force. And uh, I ended up 22 years in the Navy. I got one of my sons that uh, went six years in the uh, National Guard. So, you know, we've come a long way. Uh, you are a multi-generation, for sure. And my, uh, my last wife, uh, she was, uh, I met her, she was in the Navy. She served a, a year before she got out on a medical. Um, and, uh, you know, everybody's passed away except for me and my brother, uh, you know, of course, my youngest son hadn't passed away yet either, thank goodness. But, uh, you know, a lot of people don't realize uh, the sacrifice. Uh, one of the guys I went to school with, we were best buddies. Uh, he stepped on a landmine over in uh, Vietnam and blew his right leg, got blown off. Uh, but he still lived, so he's thankful for that. So it is a day to remember. It is. It, I think you're right, and I thank you. And, and your entire family. <laughs> um, and uh, I'm sure I'll be seeing you again shortly on the 20, what is it, the 27th. <laughs> or the auctions, yes. The auctions. <laughs> Eugene and I have a tendency to, to bid, what, what do they call it, battle bid. <laughs> yeah, battle along bid with Lucy Edmonds. Lucy Edmonds. Yes, and Lucy Edmonds. <laughs> right. And once in a while, Donna Pomerantz jumps in there, too. <laughs> but um, in all seriousness, I really do think that, um, you know, that's got to be, it must be, an, a, 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 I don't know how to say this, and please don't take offense by it. When, when I returned from the Navy, I went uh uh, I got so used to wearing a uniform every day. I went to work with the sheriff's department for 15 years before I lost my vision. So really, yeah, that way I didn't have to worry about what to put on to go to work. Put on the same uniform every day. I'm like, yeah, I suppose that makes makes sense in that. But I, what I was thinking was the. Um, do you think that that? makes the family dynamic very different having um you know being well we think of everybody that calls themselves army brats and that type of thing but just having so many of us of a um you know a military background uh my family it's a police background um i mean we have some military in there too but you know it was there's at least seven um, people who, seven members of my family that have been in in the police in various police areas, and I think we 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 tend to think of things a little differently than people who don't have that multi generational um, 
history in their family. Do you think that right. that holds true with veteran with people in the military as well? I think so. Um, I got into law. I was, I was uh, Airedale for a while, and then I worked with legal for a while, the judge advocate general. And I was a base investigator, and that got me into law enforcement. And I've been deputized in three different counties, Escambia County, Pensacola, Jackson County, Mississippi, and then Pinellas County. Um, but I did two of them while I was in the military. Of course, I couldn't get paid because it's posse comitatus, uh, not allowed to enforce civilian laws and get paid for it while you're in the military. Um, but uh, you know, well, I, yeah, I think it had a lot to do sense. with me uh, going after I got out and going to work with the sheriff's department. So, but I'm the only one in the family that uh, got involved in law enforcement. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I just, you know, that it's, you know, wh whatever the, whatever the uh, vocation or avocation is when there's, a, you know, multi-generations like that, I just I think that it probably does kind of create a somewhat different dynamic to the family. Um, I don't know. Maybe I'm totally out in left field, but it all depends upon it, what they see when they're in. You know, like Vietnam, a lot of people come back with a lot of bad memories from Vietnam. That's true. That's um, very, very true. They, they have problems for the rest of their life. Sometimes dealing with it. A good friend of mine came back. He had been sprayed with Agent Orange, and uh, he ended up having all kinds of medical problems, and eventually ended up dying. He was only like maybe 10 years older than me, and he died about nine years ago. Uh, it was all because of uh, Vietnam and got hit with Agent Orange. Yeah. I don't but, think we're uh, ever going to get really over fact, Agent Orange. And, no. Yeah. Um, we adopted our son when he was young, and that was, he's got multiple disabilities. And his father had, his biological father had been exposed to Agent Orange over there. And we've never known whether that may have had some of the, caused some of the, uh, effects of his, uh, uh, uh some of my son's effects. Right. Well, thank you for hosting the show and having the show today. Well, thank you for being with me and thank you for all you and your family have done. Um, and I just want to, and I want to thank everyone who's, you know, I think we all, um, I want to thank everyone who has dedicated or who has told us about someone in their family today. Well, you know, the biggest thing is we have to remember the family members too, because they, they suffer a lot while you're overseas and deployed, uh, you know, just a lot of hardship on them too. It's a good point. It's a very good point. Um, it is. It is. And, and again, going back to the family thing that I was just talking about, you know, um, fortunately it worked out okay, but it's a pretty scary thing when someone comes to the front, when one of your father's colleagues comes to the front door and says, I need to, says to your mother when you're a kid, you've got to come with me up to the hospital. Jim's been hurt. Right. Uh, you know, that kind of thing. And you don't know whether it's what that means, uh, that kind of thing. Um, and, 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 and that's so much, it's got to be so much worse if someone's deployed in another part of the world 
you know, compared to in the next town or something like that. Uh, my last they, duty, my last duty station, I was in Charleston. I worked for the commander of the naval base, and occasionally I had to go to represent the military at uh, military funerals. That, that's hard, even though you don't know the individual, uh, but to present the flag to the the family. All uh, right, really, right. really rough. Yeah. I I think I said enough for now. Keep talking. I got to get, I got to recompose myself. <laughs> um, no, I, that's got to be very right. I'm, I'm sure that is. Uh, I'm just thinking about the poor officer that had to do that with my family when my father died. <laughs> um, with, uh, the bagpipes in the background for the police on a group on top of that. And that's that does. That's gotta be a very difficult thing to do. Whether you know the person or not. You know, there's there's still a certain level of um brotherhood or camaraderie or sisterhood. That's something, you know what's interesting? We've talked about all of these veterans. I think someone did mention. Oh, you! It was you, I think, wasn't it? Or was it uh, Doc that mentioned that his wife had been in the Navy for a year? I forget now which one. Which one of you had said that? But that we really haven't talked about any women that have served. Um, I know I had an aunt that did um, in World War Two, and my grammar school teacher did. And uh, she was actually in here in the Washington, D.C. Uh, on, I think it was V.E. Day. And I, I remember as kids her just going on and on and on telling us that, you know, we had no point of reference as such to, a, to the war. But um, her telling us that the, of, of the, the, just the jubilation and the celebrations in the street and and everything. We thought it sounded like a great big block party. <laughs> um, but I think as we grew older, we, um, you know, it came to appreciate it much more than we did when we were eight, seven or eight or nine years old. Well, it's rough on the kids because uh, back when, uh, uh, my youngest daughter was born. She only knew me as the man with the truck because I'd come home and then have to go back out to sea or come home and have duty on the board ship. So, you know, she only seen me every once in a while. And then when we came back from our last cruise, seven month cruise, you know, she was a little older and, uh, she, uh, said, Oh, there's the man with the, the, the truck. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah. And that's got to have a double edged sword. Yep. That's got to have a double edge to it. You know, it really does. You know, at least, you know, she, you obviously made an impact. Yeah. Of, yeah. My last yeah. duty station, uh, when I called the detailer, he was going to send me back on another ship and I would be gone for, you know, three years out uh, away from them. And I said, no, nah, it's time to retire, go home with my family. So, that's it. There's a time and a place for. Yeah. Everything in three years with a young family is 
that yeah, that would be a difficult one. Agnes, I noticed you have your hand up and I have Yes. You asked you mentioned females. Um I have a niece, Dawn Benwell, who served in the Navy and she had made a career of it. Um Oh yes. And my sister has five children and Dawn um was one of her five children who served, I mean, who was in the Navy, and he has two other children who were in the Navy, and um, one of her sons was in the Marines. So, my sister has a pretty full military family, and I also wanted to mention that many, many years ago, I read a book that Jill Biden wrote, and I can't recall the name of it now, but it was for children, but it was a very touching book, and it focused on, you know, the family or what the children were losing or, you know, what how hard it was for them with their family members in the service, and she did a really nice job, and I thought it was a really good book. Uh. And, and it reminded me the, of the importance of um, keeping in mind, you know, the sacrifices that family members make. And I, I like to do Braille drawings, and sometimes I have drawn a Braille flag and given it to veterans that I know. And oftentimes, as part of the note that I give them, I also say that this is to also thank your family for all the sacrifices they made for you to serve our country. Very nice. That's very nice. You know, I had, as we're talking more, it's reminding me of more and more people. I used to know a woman, and oh my, she was, she was, at that time, she was 96 years old. I think 90 something. It was 96. And she would come down, she and I, I um, it's a long story, but I was like catering a hall. Um, it was a, a, it was an Irish American club back up in Boston. And we had our own hall and we used to do an open house on Patriots Day, the 19th of April, every year where I would cook 600 hot dogs. And she would come down and wash, and she would wash every table, and you did exactly the way Margaret told you to do it. And if you didn't, she just went back and did it. She just had you go right back over it. You left this, that one's not clean enough. You got to do that one over again. She had an entire detail she would have there. But what I got to know from her was she had been a nurse in... Pearl Harbor. She was a nurse in Hawaii. She was at, she was in Pearl Harbor when it was bombed. And her husband was one of the evacuees from one of the uh, boats. And that's how she met him was, um, when she was, it was treating him, um, at the hospital, at a hospital or a triage unit or something. Um, in in uh, Pearl Harbor, and they were both in the military at the time, and uh, 
they went on, they, they met at Pearl Harbor on December 7th. And I think they, they were married for something like 40, 40 something years. And, uh, she was quite the character, Margaret. Terry, it's Ray. I, I know I'm not really supposed to do this, but um, that's all right. It's Mike. It's it's. I can, I'm not supposed to do some of the things I do either. So well, besides you and you and I got to compete on the talking level here. So <laughs> that's uh, right too. <laughs> <laughs> well, so if I can, um, just real quick to Agnes's point, there's a wonderful, there's a great song by John Conley, and it's called "They Also Serve," and it talks about the. And he sings about the you know families and and the sacrifices that they make and like it talks about you know one you know one little kid he's eight years old and he's the man at home kind of because you know the father's going off to to serve and so it's good I um, I want to dedicate this to my um, my cousin Kyle he is um, he's still with us he. Um, he served in the Marines in uh, Desert Storm and um, was uh, over in uh, Iraq. And, you know, it's kind of, I was kind of surprised that he wanted to do that. And he did. And it was, um, um, it was really quite a, quite a good, ex- I think a good experience for him uh, to, to be able to do that. So uh, my cousin Kyle and then, you're talking about Vietnam earlier. I, I always give a special thank you to the Vietnam veterans that, that I meet because they never got the welcome home that, that they, that they earned. I mean, as Kenny Rogers always says, it wasn't me who started that old crazy Asian war, but I was proud to go and do my patriotic chore. And I think, you know, they, we had a, we were living up north. We had a paratransit driver. His name was Ed, and he was a Vietnam vet. And uh, I would often say to him, uh, "Thank you for your service," and you know that, and talk to him about it. And he said, "I can't hear that enough." And uh, so I just uh, that that's just something I do, especially the Vietnam veterans. So just wanted to share that little bit. Yeah, my cousin Roger, uh, my dad's cousin Roger was a Vietnam veteran, and he um, he came home and really had a lot of PTSD, and I mean, he hated everybody and just got counseling and was a lot better later in his life, but succumbed to the effects of uh, Agent Orange. So, So thank you for letting me share. Thank you for sharing. I think this time you've left me speechless. <laughs> For those of you who don't quite get this, they uh, at the last board meeting, um, Ray and I were sort of uh, the two major mouthpieces of the board, I think. <laughs> they, were, they were volleying it back and forth between we, we were volleying back and forth between each other well well friday they let david and i have a microphone then they took it away on saturday <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness well you know i i just again i want to thank everyone i want to thank our veterans um and their families and I, you know i think I think Vietnam has been a 
a very difficult issue. You know, you're right. They did not get the welcome home they deserved. And I think the other thing, too, that happened with Vietnam is I wonder how many people of today, you know, of our age today, roughly, or my age, I still have a few years on you, right? Um, of how many people of today feel very differently about, or, or maybe ashamed of what happened there because we were, there were so many who were so against that war. And I think, I think it's taken a lot of years maybe for people to think, to figure out, at least I hope they have figured out that we weren't against, or they weren't against so much the troops that were there as those who put them there. Yeah. And um, I don't know. I, I ran into that one day. I was I was um, down at the Vietnam Memorial in in uh, Washington, and there were uh, some people s standing there. And one of them was saying that he said, "I can't believe how hard we fought against this war," and, and the man was in tears over. It. That we, you know, we, that we, uh, you know, that we so hated anything to do with this war. And we took it out on so many of the wrong people. And so that's what somebody said to him. And it was someone else that he was standing there with said, you know, it wasn't the veterans. It was those that put us there. Yep. And it was it was the war, not the veterans. And I think that's taken a lot of years for um, that. I, I like to at least think that yeah. we've kind of come to that reality about yep. Vietnam. Yep. We're about five to the hour, Terry. We are. We are. And so um, this has been a wonderful program. Um, at least I hope it has been for all of you. I've completely enjoyed it. Um, Jewel, uh, if you can make it quick. Really fast. Yeah. Um, so I just wanted to mention first the Vietnam vets, a lot of them were conscripted, but we learned from our mistakes. Guess who were the first people are at the front, um, supporting our troops coming back? The Vietnam vets. They make sure they're always there if nobody else is there. So at least we learned something from that. And you know, they get other people to help as well. That's true. Yeah, that's a good point. And with that, I thank you all. Um, I want to give you a couple of quick announcements. Um, we heard Larry's commercial at the beginning about the gala. And uh, that's coming up on the 29th. And on the 25th, uh, two weeks from tonight, um, Kim Charlson and uh, Carl Richardson will be my guests on here. We're going to get all of the last-minute details of the gala. Uh, Kim had contacted me and asked me if they could uh, tell us, uh, do a presentation on the gala 
on um, the Friday night there of uh, the 25th. Next Friday night, um, Kenneth Semyon Sr. and his, uh, some of his group from the mentoring program that ACB has started. You know, we have a new, another new mentoring program. Um, that's M A P S P. And do not ask me what that all stands for. Um, I know the, the, I know the mentors are the guides and the mentees are the explorers. And they're, uh, I know, I know a few people that are, that are doing the mentoring and, um, they are going to be giving us an update next Friday night. I will not be here next Friday. Kenneth will be, uh, facilitating the call um i'm going up for an early thanksgiving and some family uh business that i need to take care of up in boston and so i will be on a train coming back at that time next friday night but i hope that everyone um comes and supports kenneth and his uh mentoring group on next friday night um I know that a number of the organizations are doing fundraising projects over the holidays. I'll tell you that I know that, uh, as I mentioned, the Viva one is going on. And I know CCLVI has two going, um, one with, uh, that has to do with food, uh, with seasonings and such called mm. Tastefully Simple. Simply mm. Tasteful. I always forget. I always get it backward. Tastefully simple. I yeah, I always say it inside out. I can never remember which way it belongs. Um, and they are also doing uh, large print calendars, the easy to see calendars. I know that the tastefully simple has to be in by the end of this month. The calendars run through February, um, and there are several of the groups that are doing all kinds of uh, fundraising. Uh, I think some of them are going to be on, or there are going to be announcements about them on Sunday edition this week. And with that, I just want to wish you all a very, very enriching, happy, and um, thoughtful Veterans Day weekend. And thank you to all of our veterans and all of their families and their loved ones. And good night. <laughs>